0: Hi. Hey. And
1: <laughs> um, what is this?
0: This right now is our first Rev Twelve podcast.
1: Okay. And who are who are we? <laughs> who are we? Who are we to do a podcast?
0: just ordinary people but ordinary people can do podcasts too
1: i mean it's mandatory everyone has to do a podcast now
0: yeah well i'm anita and i think you're Stuart.
1: yep so we're doing a podcast about we call it rev 12 but it says revolution 12 that's the website indeed and um well we should talk about what revolution 12 is
0: yeah So Revolution 12 is a project that we've been doing, I guess, for a little while now.
1: Yeah, a few years.
0: And we think it's got legs, so (laughs) we're still doing it, and we want to share that with other people. Um, So we thought a good way to do that would be to talk about it.
1: Well, this might turn out to be completely wrong, but I I also thought that having a conversation and recording it would be easier than writing blog posts or something else on the website yeah definitely but if I have to edit this whole thing and it takes ages
0: you, you might find you might regret that decision wants. okay
1: what I think would be interesting is to, to for you to tell the story about where the f- like the first seed of the idea came from because that was really you
0: yeah and I love to tell a story I mean who doesn't love a story the way I remember it is that I was driving in the car, listening to the radio, and it was pause for thought, probably on Radio Two. Oh
1: yeah, I was going to say Radio Four, but pause for thought <laughs> or thought for the day. No, it was pause for thought, definitely. That like and radio there was it. Who knows?
0: No, there was a, there was a female imam talking about Ramadan, and the bit that I particularly connected with was her talking about her anticipation of Ramadan you know something that is incredibly challenging and um, you know asks for a lot uh, of the individual and actually what she was talking about and what brought me to tears was her enjoyment or anticipation of this yearly thing that she uh, this yearly challenge that she does and I really felt that that was lacking from my life that I was lacking and I I was almost, I guess uh, jealous of not having that kind of sense of ritual and uh, cycle of um, ritual in my life and I really wanted that so I think I came home that evening and talked to you about it And just felt that we could there was something that we could do to to bring that into our lives. Yeah,
1: but it's not an alien concept, is it? No. Uh ritual and the cycle of ritual not not in my life anyway. I've I mean Mm. grew up with things like Lent and Christmas. It's not it's not um sure it's not a challenge in that sense, but you know, there are these both spiritual and secular Rituals that that are just normal for everyone, but um perhaps they've lost their meaning for for in a secular world a mm. little bit,
0: yeah, so I guess I think we started to think about, well, yeah, what could we do to bring a bit more ritual into our lives and and which parts of our lives were there feast and famine and i think both of us at certain points have connected with lent not necessarily from a religious perspective but this idea of giving something up typically for a period of six weeks uh every year and i i think i had have done that in the past and often connected with that same same sense of anticipation of a challenge because it's hard you know and I think traditionally I've often given up something like alcohol um, and kind of it's a strange almost counterintuitive feeling of, of being the sense of joy around giving something up that um, yeah, I part. think
1: everyone can connect on some level with the idea of taking on a personal challenge. Yeah. Lots of people have taken up exercise, lots of people have tried giving up booze at the beginning of the year or mm-hmm. or for Stoptober. You know, it's a familiar concept, but often it's without a particular formwork or structure to help support it. Um, but the idea of anticipation and yeah taking on some sort of challenge training for a marathon i don't know there's lots of different ways to you can experience that yeah but it's a familiar idea and it's it's a mixture of anticipation and trepidation sure. and excitement and yeah lots of things all at once uh,
0: and i think importantly where i got to was that idea of it not being a one off thing but something that you came back to year and year Uh, or time and time again so that you could bring a refreshed kind of new sense to you know what your goals were or what your intention
1: was and that's become a core part of of the revolution 12 idea is Mm -hmm. that um you can succeed or mess up um in one year and then come back and you yeah, know, open a new chapter on it, or turn, mm-hmm. you know, start again the next year mm-hmm. and um, and try again. And there's something really, yeah. really satisfying about that, um, and the familiarity of doing trying to do the same thing and improve and, and yeah. coming back to it, having a break and coming back to it as well, yeah. rather than it being a continual challenge. So before we get into the detail of a bit more about what Revolution Twelve has turned into, maybe we should also talk a little bit about. You, I mean, we've done challenges and you were talking about Lent, but also mm-hmm. as as a couple, before this, I, this seed of, of, of building a sort of structure around ritual and cycles, we had done things which were... We, we set out to challenge ourselves in different yeah. ways, really with the idea of kind of self-improvement at its core, I guess.
0: Yeah. So one year we decided to only buy six new things each and... I guess the general rules around that were that consumables didn't count so it was okay to yeah buy it, food and this
1: was this was about um frugality trying yeah. to live a more slightly more frugal and simple life and a bit anti-consumerist mm-hmm. kind of aware of overconsumption so it wasn't it didn't have this strong ideology behind it but we thought it would be fun to kind mm-hmm. of challenge you know we I don't think any of us either of us really tuned into how much stuff we bought or owned or needed and this was a way to mm. inspect you know interrogate that a little bit by setting up a set of rules that we had to live within we would learn something about how we consume products and stuff okay. So yeah so the rules were six things each or 12 things as a couple like one a month but not consumable so obviously food and drink we also classified newspapers I think we bought a newspaper semi-regularly and and anything that you would ordinarily use more than one of in in a month I I don't know what I I mean not not an awful lot came up to challenge the rules specifically but there was that was about the limits of the framework and and how did we get on Can you remember? It was a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I think you broke Oh, maybe you didn't know. So
1: I remember buying shoelaces. You bought some shoelaces and and I don't know but 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 the thing
0: Well I think the thing to say is that we did that for one year. Yeah. And then the following year we decided not to buy anything.
1: Oh well maybe it was the following year that I bought shoelaces. Shoelaces is I mean that falls right in that grey area of should you be allowed <laughs> like I really needed new shoelaces because my old ones had snapped I think and you were could...
0: tying them together at the time <laughs> yeah
1: I mean it's worth saying that also so we allowed ourselves to buy second hand things oh, if yeah. we needed them and obviously exchange things on free cycle or whatever so it was and yeah like you could go to, if you, if you needed a new jumper you could go to a charity shop and yeah. buy a jumper that wasn't part so of the rules
0: I think probably a little bit of context is helpful that we had just it was off the back of living out of each of us four bags on our bike. So we went right. for a six-month bike ride across Europe and in India. And for six months, we were both living out of, you know, two panniers pretty much worth of things. And then a couple of small panniers on Yeah, I guess anyone bike. who's so... done
1: that sort of travel will be able to recognize that you suddenly become quite comfortable living with basically what you can carry. And yeah. I think that's a good experience to have lived through. It makes you, adjusts your perspective a little bit.
0: And the other context was that we had just moved into an unfurnished flat. So mm-hmm. we had set ourselves these rules, but we also then had to buy kitchen equipment. and Yeah,
1: and we, so we slept on the floor for quite a few months until your mum finally buckled and bought us a bed. <laughs> because we had refused to buy ourselves a new bed. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I can't remember where the shoelaces came in it, but um or even whether they counted as a non, you know, non-consumable thing. Yeah. But I but I sort of mindlessly bought them because they were just needed and then thought, "Oh no, I've messed up and bought something." Yeah. Um anyway, so we did things like that. What else did we do apart from the not buying stuff prior to Rev 12?
0: Um I was, I think we did some we definitely gave up alcohol over lent periods of lent. Yeah. I think I did about seven years in a row, but there, I feel like we did some other dietary things as well. Um,
1: yeah, at at various points I've dabbled with giving up caffeine or sugar. sugar, um, and I think probably vegetarianism and veganism. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe we didn't really tackle those until mm. Rev 12 and it became part of that structure. I can't, I can't remember. But, but um...
0: there was also Lent Roulette, which I think is kind of a funny story and and interesting to share, which was more of a community-based kind of uh, playful challenge where a group of us would come together over the period of Lent or right at the beginning of Lent and and decide to challenge ourselves and it was quite playful because what we did was uh, put our challenge into a hat each of us um, and then rate each of those challenges so it was something that we were going to give up for Lent a period of what's that 40 days and 40 nights Mm -hmm. Um, and whoever's challenge was rated as the hardest challenge didn't actually have to give up anything and whoever's challenge was rated as the easiest had to give up the hardest thing so there was some game playing there That's in a good terms of rating like that. what you gave up um and everyone else just had to give up the thing that they had chosen so so someone gave up walking for six weeks that was
1: so they were allowed to Pete. hop
0: they were allowed to hop and skip okay, and fine. jump and he managed to do that for six weeks. In fact, I'm pretty he didn't sure... didn't just stay in bed for six weeks. No, he no, he was working everyone's. at right. a, a very famous hospital at the time. Right. Someone else gave up opening doors, and I was also working with that person, and occasionally we'd get phone calls from the lady's toilet saying she was <laughs> stuck in there, okay. or stuck in the corridor. Uh, right. Someone else gave so up washing.
1: Yeah, washing themselves? Or washing both? themselves. Oh, right.
0: So she would go regularly to the swimming pool.
1: Hmm, Which apparently didn't count You know, you you have to build up Well, that's, yeah, that is a good story Because it's gamifying This idea of uh, fasting Or feasting, which we're talking about And making it fun
0: Focus Focus is super underrated Like, if you commit all that you are And all of your energy to one thing To do that one thing Really well, to the best of your abilities To take it all the
1: way so, I think that probably can lead us into the three key things that we've talked about, which were the, the sense of a desire for ritual and cycle mm-hmm. of, of things, um, our own experiences with frugality and challenging ourselves and, and self improvement, and then something about uh, community and gamification mm-hmm. or doing something with other people. Those th- three things really were synthesized when, or, you know few years ago when we started talking about this into revolution 12 so we initially it was for ourselves we actually started we did start writing a blog about it and yeah. not not a published blog just as a way for you and i to record That's our experiences funny. with it but i can't remember how it developed but but we decided that a month was a nice period of time you know, 30 days not not too long not too short to take on any given challenge and that you could build up a calendar of 12 different challenges and then you could come back to those year after year so we did that and um it was just us at the beginning we did it for ourselves it wasn't intended to be a project bigger than ourselves really Mm -hmm. and i can't remember what the challenges were the first year or how or how we got on so
0: we started i remember starting in october because we started with stoptober so we started with the and we connected with other existing projects I guess. We gave yeah. up alcohol. We are not the first people to think of <laughs>
1: doing challenge personal yeah. challenges. So yeah we yeah that's right. Yes. Is that mcmillan who do I think October? So. Yeah. Right. So we linked in with things that were already in the calendar in some way.
0: Yeah. And we gave up alcohol for the period of October and actually I think we even challenged ourselves to carry it on until we, Christmas.
1: We did an extended challenge and yeah. kept it because <laughs> it was yeah, it was satisfying. Yeah. And then, and then after that, can you remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> Journaling, I think, was in there. And in the, in one of the early ones, like Daily Journal, writing, I think that was yeah. in somewhere near the beginning. Oh,
0: and then we, then we started the year with Veganuary. Right, yeah, okay. yeah. So giving up, well, um, I guess, a um, meat and animal-based diet, moving to a plant-based diet. Again, another project that was already in existence. Yeah, but I I think we fleshed out the different challenges that we thought, based on what I would consider you know current scientific evidence of of what is generally considered to make up you know a good life or you know to contribute to your yeah. well being.
1: Yeah, I mean however we did it, it went through several iterations <laughs> and it's now got to the point where we have these twelve different things they've jumped around and moved place in the calendar over the last couple of years until the point where we feel like we've got a, a structure and an order that we're mm-hmm. sticking with and I think they alternate they do alternate so between feast feasting and, and, and fasting feast I think fasting, fasting rather than famine <laughs> famine is, is a better word um so feast being generally taking something up or, or yeah learning something new and fasting being stopping doing something mm-hmm. as the as the interpretation of those things and they alternate through the year they often don't hook into directly into other organizations now for example there is still a go meat free one but it's not in january and i think we we actually did that with a mischievous intention for example stopping drinking alcohol is in february which we quite liked because a lot of people give up booze in january and we thought it'd be fun to make people carry on doing that in february and extend it um anyway so now we've got this 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 calendar of challenges and ideas and a a sort of descriptive framework for how you can interpret that challenge individually and that's an important Mm -hmm. thing to point out about what revolution 12 is now which is um it's just a set of ideas and a framework and it's really up to an individual to look at that and say well what how do I interpret that as a challenge that suits me this month? And mm-hmm. what's, what, what do I want to achieve? Or how hard do I want to push myself? You know, a vegan giving up meat and dairy is not very difficult. So even for the vegan month, we've got suggestions about how people who are already plant-based can perhaps challenge themselves in other ways related to food or sustainability with to do with food. Or indeed, if you eat lots of meat, and that is a really big step to jump from that into veganism, about doing it one, once a week, meat-free Mondays, or or just cutting out some bits of it. So we've got this structure, and...
0: I mean, f- for us, obviously, we've been doing this project together, and there is something that has felt encouraging and important about doing that together as a joint endeavour. I think it would be very difficult for one of us to have given up alcohol for an extended period of time without the other's support. And so I think another, which was the third element, was around community and support. And so something that we have done, that we have found useful, is to create or rather invite other people to join us on this endeavor. There aren't many people doing uh, Revolution 12, but there are a few. We've got a few WhatsApp groups that, um, you know, at the beginning of every month, We remind ourselves of what the feast or fast is for that month and just invite people to name or acknowledge whether they're going to join that month and what their goals are, their personal goals.
1: I mean, I think fairly early on, we realised, and there's lots of scientific evidence to back this up now, that if you tell people about what you're going to do, you are likely to hold yourself more accountable and follow through with those those challenges or changes that you're trying to make that's that's around the psychology of habit building and Mm -hmm. it's quite well understood so I think we realized that building communities and peer-to-peer support was going to be a really important facet of this project and and like you say there are a handful of groups of people supporting each other sporadically on and off Mm -hmm. I mean that's the other thing about Ref 12 there's no compulsion to have to do every single month all through the year lots yeah. of people dip in and out of it as their lives allow or their capacity allows but um yeah the idea of deciding what you're going to do telling someone what you're going to do and then having people check in with each other to support themselves and, and each other um is the best way of of building habit and making a change um so that's part of this as well mm.
0: I've got a question mm-hmm. or two questions for you what's been your biggest achievement over the last few years of doing Revolution 12 and what's perhaps been your biggest failure or maybe you don't have to answer ah. the second one
1: well I can identify a couple of things I've, that stick in my mind and I'm happy about learning a new skill like I said is fun we do that in January now it's a great way to start the new year It's it's just kind of fun and exciting and you know a bit Mm-hmm. Yeah, joyful, unashamedly. So last year, no, two years ago, <laughs> yeah, uh, I learned to solve the Rubik's cube, and, that, and it was an immensely satisfying process. It it took way less than a month in the end, two or three weeks, and, and my my challenge was to solve it in under two minutes, and um yeah, and that, that was just yeah it was really tangible the progress yeah. every day a little bit of learning a little bit of practice yeah. and then there was a demonstrable thing at the end which i can still just about do that was one that i've really enjoyed mindfulness was one of one of them and taking up mindfulness and having a meditative practice is something that i've wanted to do and wrestled with on and off for years both within and outside of revolution 12 and la uh, 2019 it would have been again in the month running up to a festival i was doing it every day and um running up to you organizing a festival yeah me organizing a festival (laughs) yeah sorry so some it was an intense period of work is what i'm saying and but i managed to keep these few minutes to meditate every day i think right at the end it fizzled Mm. out and i missed the last five or six days or whatever um but i really appreciated it and valued you know that that motivation and the structure of revolution 12 to to give me that motivation, and it really paid off and and I felt really proud about that uh I'm not currently <laughs> keeping up with a mindful practice at the moment, but um yeah, so that was good, and failures I don't know there's too many there's too many that, there's too many that i've that I've started and, and fizzled out
0: yeah
1: uh exercise is a constant one, whereas I oh I want to take up running every day, or I don't know mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't even name them. There's more end with some sort of failure than than, than end with <laughs> some sort of success. But that's part of the process, yeah, and that's yeah. fine. Um, what about you?
0: Well, I mean, I think it's testament enough that seeing you solve the Rubik's Cube meant that the year after... So, this year, this last January, just gone. I also then learned to solve the Rubik's Cube again. Something that I didn't feel I had the sustained attention to do, but um, I did. And yeah, immensely uh, satisfying. And the two years before that, I learned to juggle.
1: It's making me think about January, and I already want to think (laughs) about what skill we could learn or I could learn in January.
0: But I think there are other things which have been slower burners, which I feel really proud of, or rather just take some pleasure in and uh have gratitude to the project for. And I think my relationship with alcohol has changed hugely. Yeah, yeah. And same. my relationship with food, especially, you know, I guess increasing our plant based diet. And, and I like the fact that they're slow burners in a way, that actually there seems to be some sort of impact beyond the month that you do the challenge for. Yeah,
1: not for all of them, but there definitely is for some, and, and then you come back to the next year and it refocuses your attention again and sort of reignites that flame, it's been ticking away or sitting on the back burner, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. for the last 11 months, and then something comes and you refocus and you re-energise and then it slows down again and keeps taking over it it really is something that has started to pay dividends having done this for a few years now is that returning and revisiting and the the cycle which is always the intention of rev 12 uh, uh, and coming back and revisiting it it really does feel like a bit of a ritual at, at various points of the year now and that's quite that's quite satisfying
0: well and like you've just pointed out that exact feeling that I connected with in the car that brought me to tears, that anticipation, it's joyous anticipation mm. that you suddenly connected with when I talked about learning a new skill. What are you going to do in January? Yeah, you I, know know, you I know, I'm going to genuinely give
1: what? it some thought. Um, hey, I think we should wrap this up. I do. Um, I think we've kind of covered where it came from and uh, and what it is. Maybe we'll do another one of these which is really succinct about explaining yeah. what it is and how you take part, and then I think the intention is to perhaps perhaps record something for every month mm-hmm. that drills down into mm-hmm. each of the monthly challenges. Maybe find some interesting people to talk to who aren't us <laughs>
0: who've done them and how they found who've me. done them yeah. or
1: who are experts in some way.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, I'd love to do that.
1: Maybe record some of these when I don't have a cold and my voice doesn't sound weird. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Okay. See you next time.